Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Why, hello, 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 Internet. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on the Relic Grind. On the Relic Grind. What the? <laughs> on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. Welcome. This is two weeks in a row for the weekly show. I know. That's pretty amazing, given how the summer went and how the summer treated Gaming Gumbo. That's what happens no when you have summer stuff and you schedule a show on Saturday evenings. Yeah, we're no longer monthly again. Yeah, well, I mean, there's going to be a couple weeks in October uh, from mid to late October where there's no shows because everybody on the damn panel does like Halloween stuff. So, but that will that will cross that bridge when we get there. We got lots of gaming fun stuff to talk about. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Audible or wherever, thank you so much. Give it a like, a subscribe, turn on those notifications, thumbs up, comments, all the stuff to help it grow. Most importantly. Tell a friend. And if you need to know where everything is, head on over to the website right there on your screen, readycheckradio.com. Got the backlog of all the shows, all the podcasts, and all the socials linked right there. Joining me to talk some fun gaming stuff, the noob fridge himself, Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up? Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> it has been a while for you on this show. It has been. So happy to be here. Talk some games. General gaming, not just MMOs. So right, it's good to right. Uh, last week, we did obviously spend a lot of time on Starfield, so I do want to take a minute just to get your opinions. Have you touched it yet? Are you watching people stream it, play it? Any thoughts on Starfield? I haven't touched it. haven't watched people play it. Got no interest in it. Fair enough. My opinion, my opinion has not changed on it. And then we're off to resident artist of Ready Check Radio, <laughs> Yod. What's up, sir? Same old, same old, but, you know, have once again, haven't played too much games. <laughs> <laughs> been busy with other stuff i think i have wordpress working at this point in time hey all right you got it working we got chat yeah. hanging out joining us live twitch.tv slash ready check radio so we'll chime in with any their opinions as we go uh i do want to start off for, with starfield for a minute uh not not to talk right. about the game proper itself um i mean it's obviously doing well it hit like six six million players uh your purchases whatever whatever the number is six million people in starfield at one time or another uh you know how that is so it's obviously doing very very well i'm still enjoying it not ready to give like my full in-depth analysis review on it yet that'll be coming soon since it's not really official or gonna be posted anywhere uh but we have seen like the mod community going crazy and doing some really wild stuff with it with just makes me really Really looking forward to Elder Scrolls 6 when it comes out when I'm about 70. <laughs> um, really looking forward to that. The modding community is always fun. But one big thing that's obviously come up, and I did have it in the show notes last week. Yod, you probably noticed. We were running a little late, and I figured that that was going to take a little longer, so I cut it uh, mid-stride on the show. 
let's talk about it here because it is a little bit of a lighter news week. So I think we can make up some of the time there. And that is like the whole console wars thing, yeah, right? Yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. Starfield has like greatly exacerbated the discourse online on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch of the whole console wars, all the PlayStation fans screaming that Starfield, you know, is total garbage. And then the, the Xbox fans saying, this is why PlayStation sucks. We get games like this. You don't get games like this. And who knows what the future holds for other Bethesda titles. And we know that Call of Duty uh, isn't going to have these types of things because there's contracts in place. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other Activision Blizzard titles that could end up falling into some type of Xbox or Xbox and PC uh, exclusivity besides cloud, because that's another negotiation thing in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know you're not generally a console guy, Troy, but when you were younger, we lived through the whole Genesis Nintendo console wars. Mm-hmm. What do you think when you when you look out on this landscape and you just see like this bashing in both directions and all of the 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 jibber jabber going back and forth? It's just the uh, you know it's the fans they they want to they want to justify their purchase and what they play on and the games that they get. And and we're getting to the point again where we're starting to talk more exclusives again, especially from the Xbox side. I think we've always had exclusives from the PlayStation side, especially. Um, not saying Xbox hasn't had exclusives, but PlayStation's been the king of that. So Something now that we're Microsoft looking at exclusives, readily look, admitted, yeah. And so we're looking at games now that maybe the if you're just a console player that the other side doesn't get to play. So we're starting. We're going to see. I think we're going to see more of it going forward. Uh, as more exclusives, exclusives if it does, that word <laughs> happens. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Exclusivity? Yes. That one? <laughs> yeah, that one right there uh, that I can't say all of a sudden. But as more of that happens, I think we're going to see more console wars going forward. And uh, some of it's in good fun. Some of it is not. And it's some people downright nasty. Too yeah. Serious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember, yeah. I remember like, the schoolyard arguments back in the nintendo genesis stuff and like obviously we were all younger then uh and so we like didn't know as many swear words and you know (laughs) and ways to like get into into some of the discourse that uh people get into online now but yeah watching it yad some of it is just downright vile and and racist yeah. and phobic yeah. and like so, it gets pretty deep sometimes yeah. it cuts so deep. fans are gonna fan right fans yeah. are oh, gonna yeah. fan they're, they're gonna do the fan thing and they're gonna argue um looking at it from the corporate side because uh, a friend of mine that I, that I played destiny with we had to we had this very similar conversation because we were talking about starfield and bethesda and purchasing activision while we were doing the weekly reset stuff for destiny and it, it to me, it really does come down to the fact that because so many things is, are digital now, console wars aren't the same as the console wars were like when we were kids. Because, you know, version to version, you could switch from Nintendo to Sega to, you know, Atari if they were still around or whatever. Because as long as you buy the cartridges, you have those games and you can go back and boot up that old system if you want. But as of the last generation, the PS4 and the Xbox One and all that stuff, so much has become more digital. So it's more or less become closer to what we have these. And I mean, it was the same way when we started with cell phones, right? 
So when you start off with the first generation of stuff, everything, you, you plug it in, it, you can switch brands or whatever. But the moment that you get an architecture where everything is digital and you have to transfer your data from one, one system to the next, your console wars, your phone wars, whatever, your platform wars, essentially, become a little more harder to switch, so to speak. Yeah, so I mean, fair that, point, right? Like, if yeah. you've invested X dollars in the, mm -hmm. into the digital marketplace on PlayStation, even when you see the next right. Xbox system coming, and you see right. some of the early exclusives, and you know you're going to want to play those, you kind of go, yeah, but... I got this well, like yeah. nine hundred dollar library of digital PlayStation right. games that I right. don't want to give up. <laughs> so people are kind of, kind of, you know, set in the fact that you have bought into this architecture. So the next generation, you are obviously going to keep going with the architecture because, like you said, you you paid up nine hundred bucks on the the PlayStation Store. You're going to keep going with that, especially with backwards compatibility now being built in because it's all digital in a lot of cases yeah i mean there's yeah, still in a lot issues of in some pockets right but i mean that's the older system once again where it deals with the physical media and they're not digitized and all that stuff it, but for now we're talking about your game library so as you move forward you're going to keep going with that system yeah and with, you brought up cell phones and and right. and, DJ, and and havoc says havoc i think actually has my console wars book uh, mentioning <laughs> NES versus Sega, I, I don't know if you read it. I gave it, I lent it to you to read it because it is very good. But Havoc brings up uh, Apple versus Android. I, right. I will never buy an iPhone, and it's not that I don't right. have anything. I, I have oh no, Apple too expensive. Just to, no, I don't care. But the first one was an Android. Right, right. And right. So from right. there on out, it's just been, yeah, yeah it's going to be Android from here on out because I'm not buying like the apps and stuff all over again for, right. for That's changing it, exactly. platform. And I mean, like, I happen last... to prefer Android, so it worked out. Right. But it was like a year or two ago when they came out with the uh, the whole flashback razor phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, you know, the flip screen type oh. deal, and I was like, man. I loved my razor. Yeah, so did I. I, I. I want you know. I know it was a gimmick, mind you. I know it was pure gimmick. <laughs> you know, it's it's not something moving forward that that's sustainable as as you know purchasing purchasing wise. But part of me wanted to pick it up, but of course <laughs> I can't because like you on Android, You're I'm on, on iPhone, iOS. Yeah. yeah, I'm on the iOS platform, so I'd have to buy everything all over again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and honestly, like I me. own some expensive apps. Like, okay, so it, I don't do a lot of phone gaming, and you and most people watching mm -hmm. this Troy know that. So they're like, well, how many apps could you possibly have to move, Mike? You're not really a phone gamer or anything. I am a magician, though. And there are a number of apps that I have bought for various magic things, including two apps that are $250 a piece. I'm not rebuying those. <laughs> that is, Ooh, that is yeah. not going to yeah. happen. It just isn't. And Troy, and here's, I mean, here's the other thing, right? Like in an ideal world, everything would be available on all platforms, right? That would be the most consumer-centric mm -hmm. approach Everything's available on every platform. You want to play it on Xbox, on Switch, on PlayStation, on computer, fine, 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 via the cloud, fine, whatever. That's obviously the most ideal consumer-centric universe. But that's exactly the problem, 
right? Because <laughs> for the companies to make the decision to want to do that when they're producing first-party titles from Sony or from Xbox or and any of Microsoft Studios, the only reason to do that is to be consumer-centric unless you think you can absolutely just make so much money on all the systems that it doesn't make sense to only limit it to one, a decision Microsoft has clearly made with Call of Duty. It is not in their best no. interest to take it off no. of other platforms, but Starfield was. But Starfield was. And when you when you give these companies the option to do something consumer-centric or not, they're always going to choose not, unless yep. there is a second part that benefits them, and it just also happens to be consumer-centric, <laughs> Troy, right? Like, oh, this is yeah. a consumer-centric move, and it's going to net us more customers, and it'll net us more money. If it doesn't have that and, then who cares if it's consumer-centric or not? <laughs> yep, it's not going to happen unless they're making that bottom-line dollar-dollar bill, yo. Just look at Madden 24. Madden 24 is fucking travesty. I mean, it's not nearly as bad as 23, but that's not saying much either. Because there is no reason to be consumer-centric in that EA universe with Madden yeah. and make a better game each and every year. They don't have any competition. With, with, with Madden and better game, I, I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I don't, have a, I don't have a dog in this race, but I, I can also acknowledge that that is a, a very... No, it's not fine. And 80% of the game to Cal is the exact same thing is the exact, like, even the menus, and they're buggy, and you like it because it was better than 23, which was a dumpster fire. At least 24 runs, <laughs> except the menus. The menus are so slow. So slow. Anyway, um, I don't have a pony in this race, and I realize that that's a very blessed position to be in, right? Like, I have all the consoles, so I don't care. Whatever it comes out on, I'm going to play it anyway. Uh, but... Yeah, some wild vitriol. Speaking of consoles, there's been rumors now of oh, I should I should mention this since you uh, yod you were talking about the um, the uh, uh, oh, fuck oh the did buying digital things and it sparked right. in my head uh, this week. GameStop CEO went on record like writing and talking about hey, what's up, Kickles? You dick. Uh, I love that man. I love that man. Um, went on record saying that, like, hey, console manufacturers, it should be a requirement, it should be mandatory going forward that consoles be able to play physical media. I, I can't, <laughs> for the life of me, Troy, think of why the CEO of GameStop might want that to be the case. <laughs> not, not GameStop, not, not the company oh. that resells games at tremendous profits. Well, not so tremendous profits, apparently, but... <laughs> hey, they're up 2%. They're up 2%. I mean, that's after uh, a lot of downs, so yeah. I don't know how how, uh, how long that'll hold. A percent's a percent, damn it. It's like very, it's like very pithy to say, yeah. yeah, like the CEO of GameStop, of course the CEO of GameStop wants mandatory media to still be uh, a thing. I want physical media. Uh, I'm a physical box baby when it comes to that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, but setting aside the pithiness of it and how fun it is to poke them and be like, well, yeah, of course you want physical discs to still be accommodated and made mandatory. I think in this world of digital ownership being a really gray area, right? 
Like, do right. you actually own your Steam library? And what happens when Steam goes kaput? It's unlikely mm -hmm. that Steam itself will, but what if Epic decided, you know what, the experiment ain't worth it, Troy. We're done. And those 600 free games that you've claimed on the Epic Game Store, the only ones you can play are, at best, the ones you happen to still have installed, but the servers are offline to install any other ones. On the digital marketplaces, what, who actually, how far legally is your ownership there if those things go away, if they shut down? Do you still have access to be able to download them even if there is no digital storefront anymore? And in some cases, the answer we know is no, and in some, it's a question mark. And there's always the one thing that's really bothered me, Troy. Why am I paying $70 for a physical copy of something and $70 for a digital copy of that same something. How, how, why is yeah. the digital one not a couple bucks cheaper for me? Come on. Yeah, there, there's there's no production. There's no manufacturing. There's no distribution. Uh, or at least the distribution cost should be far less. So you would think that it would be cheaper. But it's not. Why? Because it's all about that bottom line and making as much money as they can. That's all they care about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of console, Twitch, uh, Switch 2, Nintendo Switch 2, mm -hmm. is said to kind of rumored to be in the wild as far as Nintendo showing it off to different developers, uh, including DLSS and ray tracing capabilities. Mm -hmm. The console itself, although we don't know a lot about it besides it seems to be being shown off uh, behind the scenes, this is Eurogamer saying this, uh, we don't know a lot, but looks like could come next year 2024 and we talked a little bit briefly on relic grind on thursday the square enix podcast that there were also rumors of final fantasy 7 r we don't know if it was remake or rebirth running on the new one being shown off to people and that it ran at levels looking like uh performing like a playstation 5. and now obviously i don't expect its deck to be as powerful as a PS5, but if it can reach those similar levels of performance while still holding on to that handheld portion, that's a pretty good spot to be in, I think, uh, Yod. But we are in a little bit of a different handheld world than when the Switch came out, right? Now we have we the are. Steam Deck and the Rogue Ally and these things, you know, mm -hmm. are, some of them are very, very impressive and priced competitively. It's going to be interesting for Switch 2 or whatever the hell they do end up actually calling it. Yeah, that, that's going to be uh, an interesting little thing to go about because, yeah, when, like you said, when it first came out, it was the only game in town. And with the ability to emulate or install those proprietary games onto other things, who knows? They They better come out swinging, I think. I think they kind of have to, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. they've they've been their market has been encroached on Troy now yeah. by Steam and yeah. Rogue Ally and other products that existed before the Steam Deck, but you know have become better and more cost efficient now too. It's not just the Switch's handheld market anymore. And not to mention their first party games, which should be their market driver. You can, uh, whether you should or shouldn't, whatever, <laughs> but you can play <laughs> those on other handheld devices as well. Uh, so, hey, you know, their piracy stop protection. Stop throwing jabs at me. 
every <laughs> Switch game that I play on something that is not a Switch, I own the physical uh, copy oh, for. We've heard your justifications. I have the physical copy because I have to have the physical copy because I'm ripping the fucking ROM myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not uh, distributing so, it. I'm not distributing mind it. You, mind you, Nintendo's um, fan base is a lot stronger i think than the playstation xbox fan bases where they kind of want to switch back and forth back into pre-digital days so you know if you're buying nintendo you kind of bought into the culture well you also kind of bought into hey i'm gonna own a switch and then i'm gonna decide am i gonna get a playstation or an xbox (laughs) like (laughs) most switch owners are like this this isn't a console this is totally different this is my switch (laughs) this is my nintendo switch Right. The console so, decision comes down to between PlayStation 5 and Xbox right. Series X. But what I'm saying is Nintendo tends to have a bit more of a bought into the culture type deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Havoc asking a question I chat, in chat. I think he's just asking for like knowledge sake. What about games you've paid for and something happens and Steam pulls the game? So as long as Steam is still up and running, you're fine. The problem would be as if Steam went away. Uh but if you have a title on in your library that you've paid for and that title becomes no longer available, whether Steam boots it off the platform for whatever reason or the developer takes it down, like we saw with Just Go Up or what, whatever that game is, uh, uh, that small climbing platforming yeah. game, um, they just pulled it. The developer just pulled it because they're kind of done with it. They don't want to do anything anymore with it. Uh, so if it leaves the platform, you still do own it. You still can download it because Steam servers are still running. That happened with Rocket League. Anybody that owned Rocket League and bought it on Steam, when Psyonix uh, was purchased by Epic Games and Rocket League became free to play and was only on the Epic Games store, it dropped off of Steam. You can't get it there anymore, but if you had it, you can still play through Steam and it is still connected to all the other platforms. The, the bigger problem would be as if Steam went away. Um, on a game-by-game basis, it isn't, it isn't a big deal. Yeah. <sighs> Gentlemen, I am proud to say it is still a thing. Is it, though? You shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I know you like your vampires. Don't you you put that juju on me, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Let's think about this logically here. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, which kind of fell off the radar after it was just it was a mess. There was delays. There were people that left the studios, uh, lead positions, and then eventually Paradox just took Hard Suit Labs, the studio that was making the game. They ripped them off the project, and we didn't know who was making it. They Paradox just said it's still being made. We didn't know who, and we had nothing for the longest time. Now we know it's being made by the Chinese room. Uh, they are known for more narrative-driven games, things like Dear Esther, uh, Amnesia, um, uh, specifically a, a Machine for Pigs on the Amnesia front. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is one that probably a lot of people know. They're also working on a different project themselves that's horror-related. So they're taking over Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, and that it has a release window of fall of next year, 2024. So it's still a thing. Torchwick, you, you, you've never played the original Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines? <gasps> That's a classic RPG. I think it's older than you, too, so you could probably play it on your stream as well. 
classic. And, and it's in my Steam library. It. It's in my Steam library, which is shared with you. However, there are come some weird things you have to do to get it run to run <laughs> the best because it's a little older. I'm just happy to see it's still a thing, y'all. Uh huh. Uh -huh. But we're looking at like a year out. I don't and care. We're talking about the only thing that they can take from the old one is a few art assets here and there. They're using a completely different game engine and a completely yeah. different um, yeah. way of playing yeah. and all that stuff. Who cares? And it's, it's and they're they're looking at a year out. I, I don't think so. Well, they're not, it's not. They're not looking. They're looking at a year out to launch. They were given this project like a year, uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, sure. And we didn't know who it was that was working on it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like all this the the new This is gonna fail so hard and I'm gonna I'm gonna be so sad when this yeah. fails hard. <laughs> Redfall are, all over again. You are looking at a dumpster fire in the making. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> I want this to be so good. Development hell. Yeah, <laughs> if it even makes it to the dumpster fire stage. <laughs> I want this to be so good. If it, oh, that's so wrong, man. That's some cold shit right there. <laughs> if it even makes it. You know what? Skull and Bones might do better because at least it made it to a dumpster fire. <laughs> this this just made we it to think, the dumpster. We think. Is, are we talking about that later on? Yeah, here? we are. <laughs> Uh, if you're a, f a horror fan game, too, by the way, uh, the Alone in the Dark reboot, that's a series that unfortunately has had some not so great recent releases uh, not in its history here. Uh, they're actually delaying that. It was originally scheduled for October. They're backing that out into 2024. Primarily, at least they were honest here. They were like, holy shit, look at October, Troy. <laughs> they were like, why would we do that? That is horrible. Uh, October is shaping up to be a very, very big month as far as releases go. And so Alone in the Dark was like, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. We're going to slide on up out of here. Yeah, we'll see you in 2024 <laughs> starfield doesn't work on the deck you hear uh you can get it to work on the deck it's not a f i don't think it's officially rated for the deck but i've seen people playing it on there i heard there was a uh, quite a bit of um talk about it causing motion sickness too what starfield yeah i don't know like, I, I haven't uh, had that oh i mean the, no, I haven't played it, so you can <laughs> third, you get can motion sick playing something. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, just like other Bethesda stuff, you can third person it. I don't know. The, like I said, uh, and just like other Bethesda stuff, used. Troy, it does feel like floaty, jumpy in third person, right? Just like Elder yeah. Scrolls Online, <laughs> it does feel that way. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. it's apparently a problem. Hey, Troy, you mentioned Redfall. That game may not be <laughs> dead, huh? <laughs> it may not be dead, according to the developers. Uh, they plan on continuing development and improving the game going forward. Uh, my question would be, why bother at this point? <laughs> so <laughs> the game so has died mean... a death, and it's, I think it's time to move on and let Arcane do what Arcane does best, which is go back to single-player narrative-driven games. So, so does that mean Redfall is undead? Uh, so you got beat to that joke pretty badly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. 
So we wrote an article on August 11th on MMO Bomb. Uh, Q wrote it, but I had to headline it. And so I headlined it. After almost two months of radio silence, is it safe to call Redfall undead? Uh, I had to bring it back to that, though. Yeah. yeah. And then literally, like, a month later, they're saying no. I mean, they do kind of liken it to Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76, which did not have great launches, and they did take the time to build them out to be better products. Now, whether or not you like either of them, they are very specific, right? An MMO and a kind of online survival thing. But both titles are substantially better now than when they launched. There's no arguing that. Whether you like the games personally or not, they're better products now. So they could do the same thing with Redfall Yacht, right? Mm, yeah, I don't know. There are yeah, 10 I... Steam players in Redfall right now. <laughs> there were 26 I mean, it, when we talked about this yesterday, Troy. <laughs> that's the, a bit... The, the, I should say that's a bit misleading, right? Most Redfall players are probably playing on Game Pass because Game Pass, yeah. there was no way they were spending $70 for this <laughs> thing. Um, but I, I mean, the, but the longer you go with a game like this with a disappointed fan base, the less that these people are... The, the fan base is going to want to come back for it because there's other games coming out. Yeah. And, and we're talking about Bethesda right now, which Bethesda is, I, I don't know. Like I said, Bethesda, Bethesda seems to be a, a Microsoft purchased block PlayStation from getting Bethesda games. So I, I don't feel like they're really pushing for Bethesda to actually necessarily make good games. Like, fully good games other than something that people can mod because i mean <laughs> let, let's face it a little bit and it, that, that's why, why bethesda makes games so that people modders have something to do so yeah i don't think yeah i don't think redfall is going to make a, a rise from the dead moment here and you guys are just debbie downers how about this one how about i'll bring this one i really really want this to be good and Todd Harris, speaking about Bethesda, did talk about this uh, game this week because it's been a while. Like we heard about the Indiana Jones game back in 2021 and then haven't heard anything since. Uh, but we could be getting news next year in an interview with Esquire. Todd Howard said, I'm a giant Indiana Jones fan. It can be brought to video games in a unique way. The game is obviously you're exploring stuff. It's about him. So if you're playing the game, how do you feel that you are indeed playing versus not watching? And he really couldn't say any more than that. But he did end it, Troy, with saying, we'll talk next year. So we could I'm, finally I'm get some more Indiana this. Jones. My, my body is ready for sure for some Indiana Jones. And I'm ready to see kind of what they've got in store for it and what their ideas of creating an Indiana Jones type game is going to be. Uh, it's Bethesda. So there's going to be bugginess. <laughs> <There's gonna> be <laughs> bugginess. But at the same time, it's an IP that I'm definitely interested in and Bethesda can make fun games. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm on board. I want to, I want to see what's up. I want, I can't wait till next year. I mean, I got, you got to be nervous, right? He does say in an interview with GQ, he was talking about uh, the game, and he said that Machine Games, the company making it, uh, said they've got the whole Nazi killing thing down, and the developer was doing a really great job on the game. 
That's kind of a sentence you really don't expect to hear, Yon. You got the whole Nazi killing thing down pat, man. They they got it. That that's what I want out of an Indiana Jones game is that's killing true. some Nazis, right? That's you true. know, and, and and rescuing some artifacts from Nazis. Maybe Top. using the artifacts to kill Nazis. Top men, Troy. Top, <laughs> Top men. Speaking of people at the top, Skull and Bones had its beta a week and a half ago and you know, went okay. We don't have a lot because there was NDAs in place, so we don't know a ton. But right after the beta, we found out from reports at Kotaku and some other outlets that its third creative director has now left. And the studio is facing an organized labor campaign by the Singapore Creative Media and media and publishing union over a number of accusations. So uh, when it rains, it pours, Troy. Uh, and Or your boat sinks. One of the two. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> man, this game, this game, this game, uh, it does have to come out, as we've talked about on numerous occasions. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just ready for them to pull the Band-Aid off and just put it out there. And let it be what it's going to be. It's not going to get any better. It's not going to be a great game. There's too many red flags. There's red flags every day of the freaking week for years. It's it's a game that uh, should have got off the pot at this point, man. It made like, it to a beta. What are you so, like, down on it for? Damn. Yeah, I can't believe it made it to a beta <laughs> at this point. I, I, I'm shocked that they put a beta out there. I can't believe there weren't leaks, like more leaks than uh, than what there were. Yeah. And, and more people talking about it despite the NDA. Their red flags have red flags. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, payday three soon. Yeah, that comes out a, like a day or two before your birthday, just a couple of weeks now, yeah. So, so Troy, you're saying that uh, Skull and Bones wasn't good enough to have leaks? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> like people the people weren't even in beta were like, nah, to leak it. <laughs> we could leak this, but why bother? You know, you know what that tells me? It tells me that it was like mediocre. <laughs> like it no. was like it wasn't like maybe Which actually would be higher than I expect out of it. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> there is that. Yes, it expectations. <laughs> But that makes it sound like it was just mediocre and an improvement over what I would think it would be. Yeah. <laughs> the only leaks Skull and Bone has are the leaks in their ships. <laughs> oh, hey, God. here's another thing that's dead. Uh <laughs> Is it though? No, come on. So uh, we have speculated on this show about like the purpose of E3 going forward for multiple years now. And how they could revamp it. Well, in 2023, right, their plan, Yod, was to partner with ReadPop, the company behind PAX and other events, uh, to help them kind of revamp E3 a little bit for 2023. So they signed this contract for a multi-year thing, and then they went ahead and canceled E3 2023 because a bunch of big companies were like, yeah, we're not going to be there. Uh, and they held their own things. And some of them even set them up in Los Angeles. Like, they didn't do it remote from their studio. They did a whole thing in Los Angeles while E3 was supposed to go on, but it didn't go on. Well, I still say that's a missed opportunity for E3. Well... Because they, they could have had... They could have gone around and went, hey, okay, so all these individual companies are holding their own thing, so let's just hold an E3 party. Yeah, well... 
and, and you know, it's not a national convention. This is an E3 party to promote stuff. Well, they're going to have and, to figure know, it out themselves now because Reed yeah. Pop is out. <laughs> yeah, well. Reed Pop, we did, which we signed a multi-year bad. deal with the ESA to revamp <laughs> E3, says, nah, we're out. Resource challenges. Act, and they both both companies are saying, the ESA and Reed Pop are saying it's a mutual decision to terminate the contract. Reed Pop is not going to help. E3 2024 is still up in the air on whether that's even going to be a thing or not. But the ESA wants you to believe, Troy, E3 Mm -hmm. is not dead and they have a big relaunch planned for 2025. One thing we do know is that the events, if they happen at all, will no longer be at the storied Los Angeles Convention Center where they've always been held. That's all we know for sure right now, Troy. Yeah, and 2023 was supposed to be their big return as well, and we see how that went. Uh, 2024 <laughs> is going to end up not being anything, and 2025 is going to be some kind of very small digital showcase at best, even if they do anything whatsoever. This thing is dead. You are no longer relevant. It's time to move on. The thing that gets me, Yod, is the fact that they're pumping the big changes for 2025. That kind of tells me that it, if they even have plans to do anything in 2024, they're just they're even they wrote them in pencil. Like yep. they, they did not <laughs> use ink. Yeah, yeah, that's no, no. It's 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 a dead horse. Let let it go. Let it go. Let okay. It go into the night. Fine, fine. We have ship sinking. We have E3 <laughs> sinking. How about Google getting back into gaming? Don't don't mention Stadia. We're not talking about that. It's something different. <laughs> it's something totally different. Now they're so, using the YouTube platform for what they call bite-sized games, little time-wasting mobile-esque type games. It's being tested. You can play them directly on YouTube on a desktop and a mobile device. If you're part of this experiment, it's a select few right now, you'll see a section on YouTube called Playables that will appear alongside other content on your home feed. They're testing this with a limited number of users. You can view and control your Playables history and save game progress right in YouTube history. So browser-based gaming on YouTube, Troy. Uh, You going to be hitting that Playables button? No thanks. That just sounds like some kind of gimmick that's going to have games that ain't even worth checking out. So I'm not interested in that whatsoever. Oh, come on. Browser games are hot. Yeah, browser games are so hot, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about Stadia, Yad. Don't bring up Stadia and Google's (laughs) foray into gaming failure. We're not talking about Stadia. We're talking about YouTube. So if I remember correctly, I think Facebook tried this many years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that was Farmville was the became a thing because of how popular it was on and, Facebook. I think I played a version of Sims on Facebook too, but then the monetization got so bad because you can't make any money off of it because it's a free little time waster game. Dude, it's YouTube throwing ad on that bitch. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's gonna work. It, it, it's gonna, it's gonna burn worse than Stadia did. Just throw an ad on that damn thing. <laughs> throw an ad, throw an ad on it, yeah. Yeah. right? You right. got you got ads for days, yeah, ads <laughs> for days, for days. An hour worth of ads for every five minutes you get to play, right? 
So uh, something happened, and I meant to bring it up last week, and I kind of forgot to put it in the show notes because it's a little smaller. I Actually, I think I did mention it, didn't I, that Charles Martinet wasn't going to be the voice of Mario anymore? I don't, I don't remember if I mentioned I it last know. week or not. I think you posted it up on text. Yeah, so Charles Martinet, been the voice of Mario forever, not going to be doing the voice of Mario anymore, and him and Nintendo did a number of videos, and he was did a video with Shigeru Miyamoto, and... Yeah, about this, and th- but they were gonna make him a Mario ambassador for Nintendo, and so the collective world went, "What the hell is that?" Uh, and they really didn't explain it. Well, f- as of four days ago, Charles Martin isn't even sure <laughs> what that means. <laughs> He's, he said, "I'm now a Mario ambassador. I don't know what that is yet. I'm not retired, as it were." But I'm an ambassador. As we step forward into the future, we'll all learn exactly what that is. I'm o- I'm always an ambassador of Nintendo and Mario at all of these events because I just cherish every moment of him. Uh, and then President of Nintendo of America, Doug Bowser, talked to IGN about the role. And he said, well, Charles has obviously been a voice actor with us for quite some time. And as we look for ways to keep Charles involved in Nintendo's business, we thought this was a very nice transition for him, and Charles is also very excited about it. We look forward to having him continue to represent Nintendo, and importantly, the Mushroom Kingdom, as we go forward. Troy, I kind of get the feeling that this was like, we don't want Charles to do the voice of Mario anymore. We don't. We want to go in a slightly different direction for whatever they have planned for the future. But like, oh man, Charles is going to be pissed when we tell well let's make him an ambassador <laughs> well that's a pr spin too right because uh even, even fans who, who know him as the voice of mario are going to be upset that he's no longer the voice of mario uh it's like if peter cullen was no longer the voice of optimus prime man that day will break my heart or if david hater was no longer the voice of solid Sna- oh, oh wait yeah. a minute I actually met uh, Charles Martinet once. He was the nicest guy in the world. And obviously it was at a convention. So like he was, you know, he had his performance face on, um, you know, signing autographs and stuff. It was a too many games in Philadelphia a number of years ago. And I had Torchwick and my daughter with me. And we like we didn't go there. It had been our second time there. Uh, and we really don't go to to that one to see any of the celebrity panels or anything. Like we're there because of the freaking games, right? And it was you know, maybe an hour before the thing closed that night, and I, we we never even pay attention to who the celebrities are. When we go to Steel City Con, which is local to me, that one we do kind of make a decision on whether or not we're going to go based on one or two of the celebrities we might want to see. Uh, but too many games. That's like a five-hour drive. We're going for the games. We don't even look at who the celebrities are. So when we're getting ready to kind of leave, it's about an hour before the thing closes for the night, and we kind of walk past the celebrity tables. We see Charles Martinet, and we're like, no shit. Like, we you know, see his whole Mario backdrop and everything. And I'm like, would you guys, you know, you want to say hi and, and get an autograph or whatever? Uh, we'll see how much autographs are. Uh, but at least we'll go say hi. You know, we'll shake hands. And uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Torchwick, I take Torchwick and, and my daughter up. And uh, and I paid for an autograph. And like he signed the thing like three or four different ways and was turning it upside down and everything. And it was a little Mario poster or whatever. 
and he's talking to them in the Mario voice as he's signing this stuff. Uh, and he's like, woohoo, you know, and he signs woohoo as he says it. And he was like the sweetest old man ever. He came around the table. There was nobody in line at that point anymore. He gave both of my kids a hug. He was like, do you guys want some pictures? And we we're like, oh, we didn't pay for pictures. We just paid for the uh, for the autographs. Thank you so much. And he's like, no, that's not what I asked. You guys want to take some pictures? <laughs> and we were like, yeah, sure. So we just took pictures. Like He was so, so sweet. I can't think of a better ambassador for Mario Whatever the hell that ends up meaning, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> whatever, whatever that is, <laughs> whatever that is. Hey, a couple uh, quick hits here before we head on over to games of the week. We talked about Bethesda and Elder Scrolls Three. Phil Spencer was asked about Elder Scrolls Three, uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Sorry, uh, exclusivity. Uh, yeah. Xbox's Phil Spencer kind of just uh, punted that one. He said, we look at it on a case-by-case basis with all the games that we build. We want to make sure our games are available in so many different places, on Xbox consoles, on PC, also via cloud. These games can come to almost any web device. We're looking at millions and millions of players who have access to Starfield and other Xbox Game Studios games. It's really about giving players choice around how they want to play and how they build their library of games. Troy, given that Elder Scrolls Six is probably still at four to six-ish years away at minimum, uh, based on what they've told us so far, what's your prediction? Is that going to be an exclusive? I think it is. I think uh, Starfield is the testing ground for what they want to do going forward with the big titles. Um, I think at the end of the day, with that one being so far out, and exclusives oh my god what is with that word today exclusives (laughs) exclusives are going to be coming more and more common between now and then oh my goodness so you're gonna Um, say yes i I think i think yes this is going to be an xbox exclusive what do you think yad yep Yep. (laughs) i think there's no way you buy bethesda to not make that exclusive (laughs) like you just you're it you don't there is the argument, like the Call of Duty argument, Yod, right? Where uh, it is so popular. Are we just cutting off our nose to spite our face to keep PlayStation away from having it? Um, would we make like double the money or even more if it were available there? But I, I think it's been so long since an Elder Scrolls, you know, since uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Five came out. That like you can't even adequately compare the numbers anymore, and you might no, just take so, your shot, right? So with Call of Duty, the fan base is so rabid that you would have an actual backlash, especially right now, if if you announce that it's going to be exclusive to next Call of Duty, especially with contracts in place and stuff. There's too much payout. In the future, that's a different story. With Elder Scrolls and Bethesda and stuff, these were games that were on the table that the the ink wasn't set on what the contracts would be. So, as as with my conversation with, with my buddy, I think um, the the place the uh, Xbox people are playing a very long game, where they're purchasing these companies and slowly phasing out in phasing into exclusivity, so that you have to buy into the Xbox platform. Because right. of how many PlayStation 4s and resulting in PlayStation 5s being sold, that's the only way that they can even have a footing once everything goes digital. Because that's how, even though, you know, 
GameStop and a lot of people want to keep physical media, it's going to go digital eventually. Just the way things are going. Yeah. So once you buy into that architecture, you can stay in that architecture. And the only way to get them onto your platform is to get it so that the other platform doesn't have it. That, that that's where, where I see it going, and that's where I see the the purchases between Bethesda and Activision happening is because they're slowly phasing it into exclusive exclusivity <laughs> games only. What is wrong <laughs> with both of you? Exclusivity. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those days, man. It's yeah. one of those days. Hey, uh, I had mentioned earlier the game is called Only Up. Uh, that platformer made by right. like one dude. Well, that that's no longer available on Steam. It got pulled down this time by the developer because it got pulled down once, early, way earlier for like a asset thing, but that was fixed and put back up. Um, he's just like, hey, this I just need peace of mind and healing now. I'm going to take a pause, continue educating myself in game development with a new experience and a new project and everything, and I just kind of don't want this thing to be a thing anymore <laughs> like it's just yeah. just over it uh we see that a lot with like smaller indie remember phil fish remember that whole thing troy <laughs> with fez uh, yeah, yeah. Fish. uh so we don't have an e3 but this is just to remind you that tokyo game show is coming up uh that is i think the week of like the 18th or 19th 20th 21st 22nd or no it goes into the 23rd because yeah it's like 20 through 24 something like that i don't know off the top of my head uh fine because final fantasy 14 is going to be doing the live letter from tokyo game show too so in a couple of weeks we'll have some stuff from tokyo game show to talk about and then yod what is this like this, I don't, you know, I'm not a destiny expert by any stretch of the imagination. I dabble right. at best. I, I dabble at best. Really need to, to see this and, and go, gee, that looks like exactly the same freaking ship. On your uh, B-roll, on the left, you are seeing Focus Entertainment's Void Crew game. And on the right, you are seeing the pyramids from Destiny 2. So now... Small game studios like oh, yeah, the, the, the the guy that made going up and stuff like that, where it's only one person borrowing assets. Okay, you know it it, it happens. It happens. They're assets, but I mean, Void Void's crew. Um, what was this company called? Focus Entertainment is not a small company. No, not a small company. They have a large library. They've done many video games. Done a few. Yeah. So for them to, I mean, sure, there's only so many ways you can do a pyramid ship. Granted, but you look at the I mean, line, if you do a cube, uh, then you're accused of copying the Borg, right? There's only so right, many shapes, right. guys. Yeah. Come on. True, true. <laughs> but you look at the lighting effects uh, on the lighting por lit portions of they that. They would have done ship. a ball. You would say it was the Traveler. I think you're just the Destiny fanboy. Uh, I it, the when the lit portions match up almost exactly with another an, another game's asset, you you kind of gotta go. Wait a minute, something's not quite lining up right here. I or, think it's time to lining or, up, or maybe it is lining it up. Is lining yeah, exactly. Up. I think it's time for the old dodecahedron. That's what right? we need. There aren't enough right? of those spaceships. Let's slide over into our games of the week. <laughs> 
Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us are about to recommend a game. Could be a video game, board game, card game, or mobile game, whatever. Something we're playing, have played, or haven't played yet, but think you should. I'm going to get mine out of the way because I have no shot at winning. It's one I've given before, but Nationals is going on right now for Final Fantasy, the trading card game. I am missing a round to be here with you and I couldn't be happier to do that. I hope you enjoyed the show, too. So I'm going to throw Final Fantasy trading card game out there. If you haven't given it a shot and you like TCGs, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Digimon, uh, One Piece, uh, even the new Lorcana, you have, you're you doing yourself a disservice by not giving it a, a try. Troy, you're up. I forgot to grab a board game box this week, so I'm going to go with New World. I've been playing that a lot again here lately. We've got a big expansion coming up in less than a month. It's going to change the way you get loot. It's going to be more traditional MMO looting system. None of this uh, expertise and then leveling up your weapons with a million freaking umbral shards and grinding that out. Uh, it's going to be a great expansion. We got mounts coming, a whole new zone. That's all you uh, care about, baby, is mounts. Get them mounts, baby. Let's rock. I saw a tweet from them that said, hey, the uh, you know one of the what what mounts would you like to see? Um, and then they said no hippos, and I was like, "Well, Troy's out. Like he wants <laughs> he wants hippo mounts. That was the only thing you liked about Bless Unleashed was that you got a hippo mount. Oh, it was the rhino. Was oh, the, the rhino, rhino mount. Yeah, the yeah, rhino. Yeah. yeah, and I actually replied to their Facebook post. They posted the same thing on Facebook, and I replied rhino on there. It, it, isn't that new uh, expansion called like Dawn Trader or something on Final Fantasy fourteen? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Yod? What's your game? Oh, we're starting talking about Peter Cullen and. Optimus Prime and stuff, and I kind of want to go back and replay Transformers War for Cybertron now. Oh, wow. Yeah, old game. Yeah, yeah, a little flashback game. So, yeah, go go play Optimus Prime Bumblebee. That's going to do it for this episode of Gaming Gumbo, but chat, don't go anywhere. He is back. Guess who's back? Back again. Torchwick, how are you? You've moved in. It's been two weeks at the new, at your sophomore year. How are things going? Uh, it's it's good. I'm having a good time. I live in this barren prison cell because I haven't decorated <laughs> yet. But other than that, it's a good time. And at least it's my barren prison cell. It is. It is. What are you playing today? Uh, so with Ever Crisis having just come out and with a lot of uh, Final Fantasy VII adjacent things coming out, uh, I figured we should probably go back and take a look at the uh, OG Final Fantasy VII for the yeah. PlayStation 1. I still find it hard to believe you've never played. I Well, that would be because I have played precisely once. Yeah. It's not on stream. Yeah. So. And not long. <laughs> no. <laughs> I beat it. What do you mean not long? Yeah, but you cheated. Like, you took the shortest <laughs> path through the game that you possibly could. Let's be I honest. Just because I don't know how to find the emerald or ruby uh-huh. weapon doesn't mean I cheated. Uh-huh. That's not uh-huh. how you play Final Fantasies. Uh, yeah. Just because I don't know what Knights of the Round is. Yeah. I think it's time to sack up and do it the right way on your stream. Okay. Don't go anywhere, chat. Give us a few minutes. We'll shut everything down. Turn it on back up and Torchwick will be playing some Final Fantasy 7. We'll be back next week with another episode of Gaming Gumbo. Yod, until then, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod, wor- Yod Art works on all the socials. Troy. You know? Hey, follow me on YouTube at New Fridge. I've been doing a little streaming over there, trying that out. So give me a follow. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast, stream, FFTCG, and more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Yeah.